Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. actually live tonight. We are live on YouTube tonight. So Alex, you're live. Okay, we're all live. And so I want to I give a shout out because we have a few people that are trying something new and watching us live tonight. Uh, first of all, Joshua House again. Let's give a shout out to the Joshua House. For those of you that don't know what the Joshua House is, it's not a re- just a recovery center. It's men that have chosen not to live life just in recovery, but discovery. Come on. And they're a part of our family. We also have Ruth and Naomi's watching tonight. Come on. And we have the Westminster ladies watching as well. And then everybody else is watching online. And I'm going to apologize to our camera guys because I have a hard time staying put in the evening. I've had lots of coffee in me. And good luck, um, shooter. Good luck. Who's up there? Logan. My son, Logan. Can you give him a big round of applause? But I have faith in you, you can do it. All right, so if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, uh, welcome, welcome home. Uh, We work really hard to make this a come as you are kind of atmosphere. I think I'm just gonna say it, I got one of the best compliments I I think you can get as a church that is called to reach its community. We had some friends show up tonight and they went through, they were trying to go to the side door because they said, this looks like a pub. And I'm like, that's the best compliment I got. Come on. It's like, hey, that looks like too much fun to be church, so we're going to go over here, right? (laughs) Anyway, uh, you guys make it. Thank you uh, for making this community great because it's you uh, coming together, supporting one another, building each other up, because how else are we going to live up in a down world, right? Come on. We're called to encourage and build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Look it up. Uh, If you brought your Bibles with you or you got your phones with you, hold them up. Come on, everyone. Doesn't everyone have a phone nowadays? Yeah, look at that. Um, the Bible's on there too. We're on what's called Version. It's an app. If you don't have it, get it. The Bible's on there, but my notes are on there as well. So you can take them, make them better. Uh, if you don't like something that I put out, out there too bad, no, just kidding. You can private message me. Uh, let me know what you liked, what I could do better. But we're wrapping up this parent. What's that? The event, oh, thank you, Kenna. (laughs) When you go on the app, you got to go to the events, which in the bottom right corner, and if you click on events, the first event that's going to come up is going to be College Street. That's the only thing happening right now. Uh, But then uh, Kenna said, if you don't save your event, you're going to lose all your notes. Save your event. Turn to someone and say, save your event. Okay. Because God's got something good for you tonight. So as I mentioned, we are in part four of our series, Back to Reality. Yes, I am from the 80s. I love the 80s. Yes, I think that was Kevin back there. And I am going to quote again Doc Brown, who said, It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. If you're wondering, why am I looking at the back of my mug? Because my sister-in-law, Janine, she put that on there. That's so cute. But yeah, something's got to be done. Who's going to do it? Say, I'm going to do it. Okay, because we're, we're all influencers, and we can all make an impact, okay? If we're intentional with our influence. You know, every day we can wake up by default, or we can wake up by design. I want to wake up by design. I want to make the most out of the time while I'm here on earth, and I want to be remembered for making an impact and making an influence on others. Again, a lot of people are going to even forget what you did, what you said, but they won't forget the way you made them feel, right? This is all about relationship, is it not? So we're going to wrap up this parenting series. If you're like, well, I'm not a parent, Pastor Matt. Well, yes, you are. This is for everybody. Everybody in some way has influenced someone younger than them. Is that not true? And if you haven't yet, you will. Somebody is always watching you. And remember, more things are caught than taught. Right? So what are they catching when you put yourself out there? Ooh, that's good. (laughs) Anyway. So if you've ever struggled with communication, this message is for you, okay? Anyone think they could get better at communicating or is it all experts in the house? Okay, yes. Um, Especially with communicating with children. How many parents or influencers trying to communicate with younger people having a little bit of a hard time? 
wow, okay, right crowd. So if you ever feel like you're repeating yourself <laughs> again and again, and so many times I feel like as, as a dad, that sometimes I'm saying it and it's going in one ear and out the other. Ooh. You know, like nothing seems to stick. I feel like I sound like a broken record. And if you have teenagers, you might have gotten this response. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I mean, you forgot, what does that mean? That means you, you heard me, but you weren't listening or you don't only listen to what you wanna hear. Anyway, it doesn't matter, it's not just kids. Uh, in the workplace, you're gonna find communication is key and we could all get better at it. And so I've got some good stuff to help you with that today. Uh, it's in God's word and I wanna encourage you again that vision leaks vision leaks that that you know if you know anything about leading with vision you gotta repeat it and you gotta repeat it again and again and when you get sick of saying it it's usually when those that you're saying it to are just getting it so don't be discouraged if you're like man I'm just so tired of saying this again and again but you're gonna have to and if you feel discouraged don't be because God's chosen people the Israelites had to be told again and again and again. You know, they, came, they kept making the same silly mistakes generation after generation. And God had to correct. But the thing with God is he never gives up on us and he'll never give up on you. His love never fails. So despite how much you think you're messed up, how much wrong you've done or are doing, God is there in the midst of the mess. And he's in the business of turning messes into messages. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that. So I want to give you context because we're going to go into Deuteronomy. It's on the left side of your Bible. A few books in. And in Deuteronomy, this is after the exodus from Egypt. It, the Israelites were under oppression and slavery for 400 years in Egypt. And funny enough, well, it's not really funny, but there was a time when they were welcomed into Egypt because there was a famine in the land. And Joseph, one of the sons of Israel, come on, was in a position of influence. And he used his influence to help his family. And so Israel came in to Egypt. And there was a season when things were going good, but then over time they grew and they grew and the next Pharaoh became threatened by them because there were so many of them. So he tried his best to oppress them and force labor upon them and make things difficult for them. But the scripture says the more that they were oppressed, the more that they grew. So I wanna encourage you that the more that you might feel oppressed in this season, if you've got God in you, you got a God-sized vision in you, nothing's gonna be able to contain it. And I also want to encourage you to be aware because sometimes the very thing that you escape to, you may be enslaved by. Oh, that was good. Someone needs to write that down. <laughs> so, but now getting back to them, Israel was at Mount Sinai for one year. And there is where they entered into a covenant with God, an agreement with God. And then they had this journey through the wilderness after their exodus, and that generation was disqualified from entering into the promised land. Why were they disqualified? They disqualified themselves. You know, they didn't have to end up in the wilderness wandering around if they would have just believed what God said about them and about their situation. But unfortunately, I don't know if you ever met anyone like this. I meet people that are really wealthy and really wit, uh, rich, <laughs> rich, but they have a poverty mentality. And for the Israelites, the majority of them were finally free, but they had a mentality that they were still slaves. They didn't see themselves the way that God saw them. So when God sent them into the promised land to go and take it, they just thought it was going to be handed over to them. They thought that they were going to get a blessing without a battle. <clears throat> I don't know how many, how many victories are won without a battle. None. 
But God had to work on their hearts. And so that's why they, they wandered around for that many years in the wilderness. And now it's, it's the next generation's turn. And, and, the, and Moses gets up and he's sharing what's called the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. He's explaining it to them about the design and the purpose and, and how there's healthy boundaries and the things to do so that you can become blessed. So that you can experience all that God has for you. And he's telling the next generation to be faithful with their covenant with God. He's praying that they'll do a better job than their parents did. And this actually, as he's going through the rules, is where the book Deuteronomy gets its name. In the Greek word Deuteronomian, which means second law. See, Moses shares about the previous law, but he's adding to it. He said, but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. And wouldn't you want to know if there's more to your success, if there is a process to the promise, that you, wouldn't you want to know the next steps to success? And so he shares with them how God brought on justice. Because how many of you know we reap what we sow? But he didn't forget his covenant. And he wasn't giving up on them, even though many of them had given up on themselves. So he calls them to be, he says, will you be more faithful than your fathers were? And so I want to jump right in, Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read from the message version. It says this, should be on the screen, whoa, really big. This is the commandments, the commandment, the rules and regulations that God, your God, commanded me to teach you to live out in the land that you're about to cross into and possess. I believe some of you are in transition right now. And you're about to step over a threshold and it feels a little bit scary. You're called to step out of your comfort and into your calling. But you need a little bit of encouragement. You need a little bit of direction. And so he continues to say, this is so that you will live in deep reverence before God, lifelong, observing his rules and regulations that I am commanding you, your children and your grandchildren, living good, long lives. How many of you want to live a good, long life? So I want to talk about, first of all, the lesson for longevity. The lesson for longevity. I'm still learning a lot of lessons, just so you know. Every day is a lesson to be learned for me. And, but I would say that most of my lessons learned that established my personal beliefs were when I was a kid. As a child, statistically, by age 10, you will have established your foundational beliefs. Don't get stuck there. Because Romans says, or in Romans 12, Paul says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think every day is a renewal, a chance to challenge what we think and why we believe what we believe. And what we think we can or cannot do. For as a man thinks in his heart, or as a woman thinks in her heart, so they are, or so they shall become. So this could be your transformation Sunday. You know, this could be the, the one night you get one gold nugget, one tidbit of information, and you just course correct, just slightly. And it's kind of like playing golf. I'm not good at it. <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> if I'm with the right people. But when you hit that golf ball, don't judge my swing, Dell. When you, <laughs> I'm like Happy Gilmore, just so you know, when I'm golfing. When you when you hit that golf ball, just a fraction of a millimeter off, it will change the course of destiny. It's no different in your life today. If you if you just take one nugget, one thing, one, and you make a change. One small change towards the better. You choose to become better and not bitter. Come on. You make one small change. Imagine where you'll be in one day, one week, one month, one year. Come on. That if you had just stayed on the same path that you were always on, doing the same thing, expecting different results. 
I'm in the dark, sorry. <laughs> but Jesus said, those that, that have me will have the light and they'll never walk in the dark. So I'm just, sorry, YouTube. And so that's why it's so important, you know, going back to the scripture where Moses is saying, teach this to your children. So they teach it to their children because God puts so much emphasis on young people because he knows when he knows their ability and he knows the difference it will make in their life. Just a little bit of an investment when you invest in young people in this generation. What they will believe about themselves. And this is how we're supposed to raise our children. This is how we're supposed to influence our young people. And God's commands weren't meant to control you. They weren't meant to suppress you. But they were meant so that you could be more than a conqueror. And you could be set free. And not just you, but you could set others free. So we've been... Was that a golf clap? That sounded like a golf clap. Thank you. <laughs> So here we are, and the same thing applies to us. This is, this is relevant to us. You know, we think, where were, where were we at? And we can't make the excuse, well, my parents were this way, or my parents didn't do this for me, and therefore I am. No, your past does not define you. Jesus does. The choice is yours. Your excuse will only remove your power to change. Your story. So how, how is he saying to do this? He says, by having a deep reverence for God and obeying his commands. So here the Israelites are crossing into a land, a new territory that they are called to possess and become blessed. And as parents, as anyone of influence, we're going into different territory this season. I'm just saying. We've never been here before. We've never been here before when it comes to rate. And you know what? My kids, they all need different things and they keep getting older and they need different things in different seasons. And so we wanna, we wanna make sure that we're leading them properly with confidence, with courage, with dreams and visions so big that they can't do it on their own because they weren't designed to do it on their own. And here's the thing, if the foundation of what we teach them isn't faith, if we don't design, if we don't go by the design, which is God's design of faith, live by faith, not by sight. If we don't go by faith, I'll tell you what, they will default to fear. Just turn on the news. How many things are fear-based? Try to get you to buy something, give you false security, right? Like, so many things are fear-based. But we're called to be faith-based. What will you stand on? The worries of this world or the word of God? You know, one of the fears that I see, it's just a common thing, and you could maybe relate to this in this generation, is the fear of missing out. Big fear of missing out. I'd say it's probably one of the greatest fears I see going on around right now for our young people. But if we get God's message, we won't miss out, quite the opposite. He will do above and beyond all that we can hope, imagine, or dream of. If we seek first his kingdom, then all things will be added unto us, Matthew 6, 33. See, don't buy into the, the false statement or the false reality that if you know, oh, you give your life to Christ and you start a relationship with him, then you're just, oh man, it's gonna be a bunch of rules and you're gonna miss out. No, it's a bunch of opportunities for you to rise above. Because most of us are missing a real good coach, <laughs> right? And wouldn't it be nice to have somebody in our life that is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, that he designed you and knit you inside your mother's womb and he put dreams and desires and passions inside of you a long time ago that were made to come out and to have a connection with the creator, the one that put the dreams inside of you. Wouldn't that be something? And that's why we, we lean into God's commands versus our comforts because they, 
constantly challenge our comforts, like a good fitness coach <laughs> constantly challenges you to push through, to go through the battle, experience your breakthrough, and receive your blessing. You know, Jesus himself said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. So you might have life and live life to the fullest. Verse 3 says, hear, or your translation might say, listen, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God, your ancestors promised you. Let's talk about instruction to increase. God's instructions were given so that we may increase, so that we may be blessed. You know, the same promise that was given to Abraham is the promise that was given to you. He said that he will make you a blessing, not just bless you, but make you a blessing. Right? So there's so much that you can't contain it. It's supposed to go not just to you, but through you. And, 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 and all of us as mentors and influencers, we want people to go beyond how far we've gone. We want people to bless, be blessed even beyond how much we've blessed. And we are even willing, many of us are willing to sacrifice and give up comfort so others, those coming after us, can receive even more than we've received, experience more than we've experienced. Some of us will even lay down passion so that others can find their purpose. But with God, you don't have to do that. You just got to have your passion in the right person or the right place. But for us to increase, there must be instructions. And I mentioned before that with every promise, there is a process. <laughs> and all the men that were here at 7 a.m. this morning can help me out with this other one. There's another P because you know me, I just got to have another, it's got to start with P. Sure, there's a promise. There's going to be a process. But what's the other P that we try to avoid? Problems. Yeah, there's going to be problems. Jesus himself said, in this world, you're going to have troubles, but take heart for I've overcome the world. But it's, it's a matter of perspective because what you receive is what you perceive. And if, what if you saw your problems as God's opportunities? That's a new one. Someone can write that down. Where was I? <laughs> Here, O Israel. Again, listen, the Lord's your God. The Lord is one. He's the only one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today to be where? On your hearts. This is important, and, and I'm going to quote my wise wife. Yes, God calls us to love others, even calls us to love our enemies. But, someone say but. It's a big but. You don't have to let them in. Thanks, guys, for laughing at my dad jokes. You got to love them, but you don't have to let everyone in. Because Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows from it. That includes who you share your dreams and your passions with. Be careful. Because <laughs> I don't have time for a whole bunch of I can't people in my life and tell me why I can't do something, why I can't move forward, how much it's going to cost. And I'm like, I'm not saying that I don't want to know the obstacles, because that's just opportunities. But I don't serve the God if I can't. You with me? I don't serve the God of just enough. I serve the God of more than enough. This, this um, became very important. The verse that I just read to you is a famous verse. It's really famous in Judaism. It's, it's an important prayer that, that is used, and they call it Shema. Shema, and brings this whole book actually, Shema, sorry, saying that wrong, Shema, sorry, I gotta work on my, anyway, Shema, which means this, the word Shema means listen, 
It means hear, but check this out. It also means responding to what you hear. Why don't you try that out? Shema. Shema. In English, we would say obey. Love in Hebrew also means a wholehearted devotion to God involving your will, your mind, your emotions, and your heart. Whoa. If you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it. How many of us have abused the word love? How many people have abused the word obey? Right? So to hear and respond equals obedience. And emotion and decision will equal devotion. Where you let your emotions go to will determine your devotion. Your emotion and your decisions will determine your devotion. What are you devoted to? Who, most importantly, who are you devoted to? It says in, in Deuteronomy 6, moving on, it says in verse 7, Oppress, impress them, sorry, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, pretty much all the time. Tie them as symbols on your, on your hands and bind them on, on your foreheads. And when the guy said this morning, it's like, oh, yes, there's my tattoo that I'm going to get on my forehead. <laughs> Come on, you can't laugh in church. What are you doing here? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So, verse 9, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Finally, let's talk from hearts to hands. From hearts to hands. You'll never experience it in your hand if you don't first have it. You won't own it in your hand if you don't own it in your heart. You with me? So it says, love the Lord with all your heart. That's a big one. It says, impress God's commands on your children. Talk about it all the time. Have symbols and reminders in your home, even on you. You know, children will spend an average, at best, of 60 hours in Sunday school in one year. Parents will have that much time with them in one month in our house. And our children need to learn scripture. They need to learn the, the word of God. They need to be taught it at home. But most importantly, they need to see it in action. Faith without works is dead. Love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. It means living it out in our daily lives. And it's important that we and our children know the word of God. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Start children off in a way that they should go. Come on. And even when they are old, they won't turn from it. Man, I think I'm going to help somebody. Like, there's some supervisors out there. There's some coaches out there. There's some teachers out there, not just parents. How about you start with where they should go? How about you lead them with vision instead of correction? Lead them with calling instead of just correction. How about maybe the best way is to start rewarding what you want repeated. Celebrate them when they do. I'm not saying don't correct them. But a good coach will focus on what you're doing right. Yes. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's a good coach. Joshua 1.8, keep this book. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything that is written in it. And then you will prosper and be successful. I want to encourage you, if you've never really got into the word or or just spending time reading it, start in the book of Proverbs. Solomon wrote Proverbs, and he was the richest and wisest man that ever lived. And some of his statements that he writes in there are just like, ah, yes. But even if you just took the time, I'm not saying don't, don't read it like nonstop. No, like read a, a portion of scripture. And just think about that for a little bit. What it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Pause. 
What does it mean if that just that if he's Lord? That means he's over everything. With all my heart? Lean not on your own understanding. I'm quoting Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. So there's going to be times when you don't understand. There's times when my kids don't understand. <laughs> there's times when I don't understand. There's times where I just need to trust in him. That he is for me, not against me. And if I can, if I can lean into his word, and I can lean into like what Paul said in, in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. You might not see it in the season that you're in. You might, be, you might be in a fog right now, but faith will get you through the fog. I wanna invite up my wise wife. Whoa, and then there's a couch to join me on the love seat. And I, and I just want to talk about uh, some practical ways that we can do this, whether we're parents or in a position of, of influence. When it comes to our home, like our territory. So how about we talk about the, the scripture one? Because some reason it, it seems so challenging for so many of us just to go to the Bible and read the word of God. Even though we've got the app and it, it's right there in front of us and it's, it's one verse, we get distracted. What are some of the ways that we, we can develop the disciplines but create a culture or cultivate that culture within the home, with our kids or places of influence? Okay, first of all, I was paying attention this morning when you were preaching, but I didn't notice that verse. That, okay, can you go back two verses, Aiden? The one about all scripture. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You know, we talk about how do we parent? What's the best parenting book? Word of God. <laughs> you know, and it's true. I'm something that I'm, so I'm going to actually directly answer your question. <laughs> I promise. But, um Something that we, we were mentored, kind of like, or the advice given to us, even just in, in uh, raising our children up, like in the way they should go, is using language from the Bible. Not using language from all the other books out there, but using language from the Bible. So even things like, you know, um, saying, I need you to obey. Because that means to hear and trust and respond. Right? And so just thinking about just different things like that and um, in terms of just like learning scripture it's again it's using those words and bringing it up in conversation you know we do um, we do encourage them to memorize scripture and it's so easy when you are plugged into the local church because we have an awesome kids ministry and awesome yeah, we do. And awesome leadership and training and youth coaches who are encouraging that, you know, and the, and the scriptures that they are memorizing are going to be in line with what you're talking about. So it's kind of keeping everybody on the same track, learning the word of God together. So it's easy in that way, but it's also just bringing up those, those ones that you want to have in your back pocket, like trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, lean not on your own understanding and things, and all things work together for good. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, just things like that, those ones that they need to have. That's right. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And it's so true. We had an opportunity just a couple weeks ago, just as school started. I was just chatting with a few of my um, boys, and I won't go into the details, but it was just a reminder. It was a good a good opportunity to have a conversation to say that when you're at school you're going to come up against things that are not you know that maybe aren't what we believe in so we need to know what we believe we need to know what's in the word of God so that we can weigh out those things and we can filter out those things and make wise decisions yeah it's going to echo what you probably already said um but I, I think a big thing that we don't realize, again, that more things are caught than taught. And we need to be intentional on what we're saying to our kids, how we're responding. Again, because our response is our responsibility. And being a parent, there's a lot of opportunities to teach your kids to say, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> right? Teach them. Because if you've been in any relationship for more than five minutes, you're going to know you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or not do something when you should have done something. And your kids are always watching you, right? And, and you are, in essence, reflecting the word of God in how you respond. If love is patient, love is kind. If love endures all things, keeps no record of wrong, is never boastful, you have all these oppor- opportunities to show love. And so there, there's lots of opportunities to make mistakes. There's even greater opportunities to, to, to be humble and say, you know what? Dad was wrong. And because, guess what? They're going to make mistakes too. And they need to be encouraged and know when they do make mistakes, how to respond and who to go to. Are you with me? Especially like, and I hear, you know, Rick in the back of my head, you know, when, you, when they worry, you know, where do you go to? When they don't know what to do, where, where do you go to? You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're struggling to make a decision, where do you go to? The response should always be, what does his word say? And if you know that it's not, we're not just talking about like, well, what does the scripture say? Because that's, that's good. But most importantly is, what does, who does the scripture point to? Because Jesus said that you search the scripture for your salvation, but it's the very scripture that points to me, Jesus. And if you know in 1 John, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So that's why some people can, they can know the scripture, yet do silly things. And, and like, how they could recite the Bible to you. I've met a lot of them. But you know what they're missing? It's not the, the reading of the word. They're missing the relationship with the word. Oh, they're missing the relationship with God. That's like... I know I shared this before, but let's say the pick your favorite vehicle or airplane, Jason. And, and meeting somebody that knows all the specs about that airplane. You know, all the options that you can get, your dream airplane. They, they carry the manual with them. Everywhere they go, they carry that manual with them, and they know it. But then you ask them, well, have you ever flown an airplane and they say no you see what I'm saying are you see what I'm saying there are people that can recite and tell you what celebrities eat for breakfast and 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 where they go and and all their kids names and their middle names and everything but you say but do you know them you with me you can walk around with with a bible and beat it on other people's heads and just say it and say this is what the word of God says the word of God says but if you don't know the word if you don't have love and God is love you're nothing more than a noisy gong hold that's dusty (laughs) you see that next fogger smoke machine does that make sense for God is love okay anyway stop preaching really really good prayer Teaching our kids or how, how we even talk to God. Like, why, why is that important and how do we show that? And how, what? Why is it important? <laughs> well, you know why is it important. Well, I was thinking about prayer as you we were preaching tonight. And even, again, with it just starts with the little things. Like, we just can sometimes make it so complicated. We think, well, where am I supposed to start? Like, i got to teach my kids the word of God. i got to pray. i got to lead them to Jesus. And it's like, ah. But it's, it's the little things. Like, even before bed saying thank you for this awesome day help me to have a good night's sleep amen <laughs> you know it's just it's simple stuff right and when our kids are little it's like they fall and scrape their knee pray for them dear jesus please be with my little person take please take the pain away you know and just all those things just making that a habit we just go to god for everything we thank him for our food we thank him for the day and our i mean our kids because that's how we started teaching them to pray is thank you for this awesome day. Thank you for a good night's sleep. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our house. Thank you. You know, but then that's the habit on their lips is, is gratitude and praise. And where focus goes, energy flows. That's right. That's right. You know, and it's, it's all scriptural because everything good comes from God. It's teaching them that the good things come from God. God is good. Only good can come from God. Right? So it, it's, it might seem so practical and so basic, but it's important, you know, to thanking them that before you eat, he's our provider. Yes, we had a part to play. We have responsibility, right? But ultimately, he is our source. That's what it teaches them, right? Anyway, 
Um, and then finally, you know, we, we talk about, well, maybe not finally, but we talked about rewarding good behavior. You know, that's, that's a good one in the workplace. Reward what you want repeated. And, and, and I'm going to say this again because I really think somebody needs to hear it. It's almost like you know it and you're just about getting sick of me saying it. I'm not sick of it yet. But there are certain people around you that you need to reward. Okay, You need to reward because they're going above and beyond in your life right now. They're the ones standing out. They're the ones that deserve your attention right now. They're the ones that make time for you. They're the ones that support you. They're the ones that have your back. You know who I'm talking about. And then there are other ones that are stealing (laughs) and taking your time right now. And what you tolerate becomes your standard. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying don't love them, but this is, this is important because this is going to tie into the next thing, that there are those that we have a responsibility to reward. And it might be just saying thanks. It might be doing, doing, a, doing something above and beyond. It's not right when those that we love the most are getting our scraps. And then your boss is getting the best of you. Right? It could be work. It could be whatever you, whatever you know what it is. Whatever it is in your life, the people that love you the most that are there for you and will, will be there at the end, those are the ones that you need to figure out how to reward that and how to just say, I, I appreciate you, I value you. It might be taking the five love language test. It might be a word of affirmation. It might be quality time. It might be, it might be a gift. For most people, gifts is not their love language. Um, it might be a, a small gesture, an act of service, but... There are those that I think that somebody's, I think a lot of us are thinking right now, what do I need that I want to see repeated in my own life and those that are already doing it that I need to reward just, just to say thanks. Is that, is that cool? Um, but then I want to talk about the final one is community. Everything comes back to community, right? Everything comes back to relationship. Everything rises and falls on relationship. And community is really important for all of us and especially for young people now more than ever. Say words. Say words about that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, you know, the, the, church, it, the church is important for children for so many reasons. You know, we talk a lot about, like, what you tolerate becomes your standard, but also the standard that you treat people is a standard to which they will rise. So it's the same with our children, especially our, our teenagers, because they are young adults, you know, and so it's treating them as if they you know, as if they make good decisions, you know, and just kind of calling them up to that standard. But the the church also needs them, you know. And when we think about, it's it's funny because it works both ways, even just personally in our family. We are a family that goes to church. We are a family that serves and volunteers and, you know, shows up. You know, we, we don't wake up in the morning and decide then. We've already decided, you know, that we're... That we're going to show up, you know, we're going to we're going to bring our best, and we're going to serve others. Um, at the same time, we're always watching, we're paying attention, and we're thinking, you know, we we have been taught, and we own this thought is to think three generations deep, right? So, in doing our best to cultivate a, uh, an environment where three generations deep, right, can can have a part to play, can serve, and can give ideas, and can help each other. And that's biblical too, the older teaching the younger. And that's something, that's the way we operate even in our kids' ministry. Yes, we have adults in charge, but we have, you know, kind of our older children helping the younger children. So it's a leadership and an agricultural paradigm at the same time. Yeah, but we need each other. And, and when you found, you know, when you find something special, like a church that knows its purpose that the church is there to serve the community, right? When you found that, it, there's no better community for your kids to be a part of than to learn to make a difference and an impact on their friends, their family, the neighbors, those that are less fortunate, right? That, that all are welcome and that we will reach every available person by every available means. You know, biblically and historically, if, if, if you follow history, the church was the, the epicenter. It was the center of, of, of all cities where, where arts came out of, where music came out of, you know, like so much creativity came out of the church to serve the community. It's not so the community can serve the church. 
Christ came so that he could serve others and serve us. And we are called to follow in his footsteps. We are called to be the hands and the feet and to meet the needs. And so when you, when you get young people that have a place in that and a part in that, look out. And, it, you know, all around this room, there's, there's young people. There's um, uh, Logan on camera there. Aiden is, I think he's up in the tower all by himself, actually, doing three people's jobs, you know? Like, you know, so th there's young people doing stuff all over this church and are part of this community and outside these walls. This is, this is fun, but church is much more than just us gathering, getting together together. It's the going out, it's doing coffee, it's doing life. And they need to see that. They need to see the scripture in action. They need to see faith in action. And you did say something, though, that I thought was nice and challenging, too, about our role as influencers and as parents, where we're, we're managers, right? And the role in that, and it's not just like, hey, do whatever you feel like. To expand on that, because that was good, because that's good for all of us to hear that. No, I think, you know, we're seeing more and more... Um, uh, people, but children with anxiety, and and I really feel that of conviction to share today. Just that that a lot of that anxiety is coming from the fact that we're giving them too much responsibility to manage their feelings, you know. And there's a reason why we're their parents. So you know, you don't you don't go to your children in the morning and be like, like, would you like to brush your teeth today? No. Okay. Like. Would you, you know, and if you ask them, would you want to go to school today? You know, do you feel like that would be fun today? You know, they probably aren't going to, you know, and we're, we're, I mean, even as adults, we're like that. It's like, do you, like you, you had mentioned earlier, do I want, like, do I feel like I would like to go to the gym today? And, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think there's a lot of people in this room that are at the point where, yes, they do, like, they do really honestly want to go to the gym every day but but some you know if it we're just start that way. it doesn't always start that way and if i could just get muscles and be healthier without you going probably to the gym would, yeah i'd probably just ride my harley but i yeah yeah if you had to choose between a, a bicycle and a motorcycle yeah <laughs> no but that's the thing that i mean the definition of a child is a mismanager and it and again, it's just because they're growing and they're developing. And, and that's our job as parents is to help them learn to take responsibility for their actions, to manage their emotions and, and things like that. But if it's the same thing with, you know, school and brushing your teeth and wiping your bum, like those kind of things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mom. You know we're on YouTube tonight, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's the same the thing is, is like we we do that, but then when it comes to the church, we're like, well, they don't, you know, they didn't really like it, or they weren't really in the mood, you know. No, no, it's our it's our job to raise the standard, to call them to the standard, you know. <laughs> you decide those things for them until Try they can decide for themselves. Or your football coach. Yeah, I didn't feel like passing the ball. <laughs> but you know what? Right? I gotta tell you a story, and it's a true story. Can't sorry. Well. Um, well, okay, somebody, no names. <laughs> somebody was working in a job place, <laughs> and a new staff was hired who said, no, I don't want to do that. Like when they were asked to do a couple of things, they said, no, I don't want to. Because somebody had raised them to think that they could show up for work and decide what they wanted to do and not wanted to do, but still get paid. But does that work very well? No, that doesn't work very well. So, no, I don't wanna is not a good way to show up in your life. No, I don't wanna. That's all I had to say about that. That's good. Anyway, yeah. Thank you. Um, why don't you guys stand with us? We'll wrap this up here. It's really good. That was really good. Thank you. It's fun. I like just doing this. Let's just talk stuff um so <laughs> when we hear god's word come on that there's a, a response right there needs to be a response it's not just listening it's the listen and the, the response uh, when we have it in our hearts then we will experience it in our hands and i just i keep hearing my coach in the back of my head saying you're not what you 
feel, you're what you decide. So what will you decide? Or will you decide to believe what God says about you and your situation, that you are more than the conqueror, that you are the head, not the tail? The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Or will you go based on feelings and like, I don't feel that way today, so if I feel this way, therefore I must be. No, that's, don't, don't get stuck there. That, that's what gets you stuck in the fog is all the feelings. Feelings are great when you're in control of them. You with me? It's when they get out of control. Anyway, so the takeaway is hearing God's word brings both healing and it brings hope, does it not? The gospel, by the way, means good news. So somebody's preaching at you and it does not coming across as like good news, this is good news. This is the part, this is the best part of the whole teaching and the message tonight, and that is Jesus. The best part is, you know, you might be going through a season where it feels like a fog and, and you don't understand. And, and if you were honest with yourself, that you probably feel in some way um, less than what you're worth. That you're not living out your full potential. I get that. But I want you to know that there's a God that loves you. He doesn't force himself upon you. A God that loves you so much, he gave his one and only son. It's like I mentioned before that, you know, for there needs to be justice for injustice. There needs to be right to go over the wrong. There's, there's always consequences, and there's, there's a consequence to sin. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. And we used to have this statement on the side of the church that no perfect people, it's actually one of my favorite workout shirts. <laughs> no perfect people allowed. In Romans, it says that we've all sinned. We all fall short. I don't have to tell people that they're sinners. You won't catch me doing that either. Because I am also a sinner. And Jesus came and died for sinners. He's, he didn't come for the self-righteous. He came for those of us that need healing. I think we could all agree we need healing in our heart. And, and, and that happens with a relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking about joining a religion. He never came to start a religion. He came to start and have a relationship with you. And he was willing to do whatever it takes. But the scripture says he just stands at the door and he knocks. And your knock could be some of the most wildest things that you never thought, but God will use anyone and anything to get your attention. But he's been knocking, he's been waiting for you. And so many times when, when, when you've counted yourself out from the very beginning, he counted you in. And he loves you. And if you would receive that love tonight, if you would take a, a step of faith and just invite him into your heart to be Lord over your life, you will be saved. That's scriptural. Romans, Romans 10, 9, Paul said, who wrote most of the New Testament, said, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you will be saved. You just got to invite him in. And I think there's a lot of us tonight that are ready to let go of some things that we could do without in our life. Come on. <laughs> Lay them down and say, God, I've had enough of that. I've had enough with doubt. I've had enough with fear. I've had enough with anxiety. I, I, I've had enough with... Uh, uh, all these things that were spoken over my life, sickness, disease, whatever it is, and, and I, I'm just ready to lay it all down. Bitterness, I want to become better, but I know I can't do it on my own. Just invite him in. He'll meet you right where you're at. So I'm going to lead us to a prayer. Right now we're going to do just that, and I would just ask that you pray this prayer after me. And if you don't mind just closing your eyes and bowing your heads and just out of respect for, for your neighbor, this, this is just your moment. This is your moment, and I, and I can just feel it in, in this room. This is a holy moment. For someone, it's a new relationship. For somebody, it's a, it's a reset. But it's your moment, and I don't want you to miss it. So would you just pray after me? Just say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to mess up. I know what it's like to, to stumble, to fall, to do the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing. I know what it's like to sin. 
Would you please forgive me? You see, I believe, I'm choosing to believe that you died for me. I'm ready to let you in, to be Lord of my life. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you help me leave the past in the past and move forward in my future? Thank you that you go before me, that you are in me, and that tonight is a new beginning and a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment. If you don't mind, just stay in this moment. Eyes closed, just, just in the moment. I'm, I'm not here to embarrass you or call anybody out. Not at all. I'm a firm believer that motion creates emotion, that there, there's a response. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything but this. I'm just going to ask you this. If, if this message spoke with any relevance to you that you heard tonight in your life, just give me a thumbs up. Just give me a thumbs up. Awesome. Praise God. God is speaking to you in relevance to the season you're in and what you're going through. And the second is this. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or, or you prayed it, you're coming back to him. And, and remember, it's about relationship tonight. And you invited him into to your life. Would you just give me a thumbs up? Say, yeah, that, that's me. Thank you. Awesome. That's me, pastor. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I just want to continue to respect this moment, um, but I want to give you a next step. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Well, we believe that worship is our weapon, and, and for all the music lovers in the house, there is something that happens when we worship. There's something that happens when we sing, and I believe we all have a song that needs to be sung. And when we lift up the name the name that is Jesus above every other name, stuff just happens. You can literally feel it. I think for some of you, you could feel that you might call it energy, you might call it whatever. But that's the presence of God in this place. We can't fake this. We can't make this up. This, this is tangible presence. And so we're going to press forward. And, and every time we gather, I give an opportunity for what's called baptism. Because it's biblical. <laughs> because we were commanded to, to, to do it. It's, there's actually, it's a called the Great Commission. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's a mission so great it takes everyone. And it's not the great suggestion like, hey, you know, if you want to go swimming one day or jump in the water or you feel like being baptized. No, we're called into baptism. We're called into water. And water is so significant. Water washes things away. It is very symbolic and it is very powerful. Most of our body is made up of water. We need water. And biblically, it's so powerful because Jesus himself was baptized. And he says, when you become baptized, Paul says in Romans, when we are baptized, we are baptized with Christ. When we go under the water, we are immersed. That's the Greek word for baptism. We are fully immersed. And when we go into the water, it represents when Christ went to the grave. So you leave behind all those things that have been holding you back, all, all, all that sin in your life, and you leave it in the water. And when you come up out of the water, it says that you are resurrected with Christ. That's what baptism means. Something powerful happens when you step in and then you step out. And here at College Street, we don't make it difficult we don't make it so religious that, you, that we get in the way of your relationship. Because it's about you and God. That's what it's about. So if that's you, come forward. We'd love to step out of the way so God can step in with you. <laughs> I can walk you through it. I can answer any question. I would be honored myself to baptize you, but I don't have to be the one. But it would be an honor. So if that's you, we got clothes, we got towels, we got all that. Just, just come forward. Either way, let's continue to praise God for what he's done and what he's doing. Come on. 
Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.